Welcome back to the emergency goalies. We're still waiting for the official deal between the players and the owners for the training camps to start, but a little bit more news this week. The Hub Cities, which looked forever like they were going to be Vegas and Toronto, have shifted again. Still Toronto, but now Edmonton. So we're looking at an entirely Canadian uh, experience. Uh, it's not set in stone completely yet, but with the spikes in cases around the U.S., it seems like the Canadian option is probably going to be the way they go, and the government of Canada seems to have signed off on everything, but it's not official quite yet. But I thought I'd ask you, Michael, about the Edmonton-Toronto solution. From all the information we have at the moment, it, it seems like the proper decision as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, we've been, like you said, we've been operating under the assumption that Vegas was the presumptive front runner uh, for uh, housing one of the hubs. It just, you know, it, it certainly has the hotel and restaurant c- capacity and for a long time, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't really a hub for, or I mean, it, it hadn't really experienced a big spike at, in in COVID, and you know, and then like you said as well, Toronto was the other presumptive finalist, and you know that's due again to the the amount of um, hotel, restaurant, ice available, and also um, you know Toronto's kind of the the center of the hockey world and also the center of Canadian broadcasting. So there's, you know, plenty of resources available there. Uh, however, um, I, I, I really think it, it, it's really just been in the last week or two that the momentum shifted away from Vegas, where we've kind of seen a lot of the Southern and Western states kind of begin to open back up and, We've seen huge spikes in COVID uh, cases and hospital hospitalizations uh, throughout all of those states, and um, Vegas in particular. Um, the casinos, uh, some of them have opened back up, and the casino employees have been showing a fairly high rate, uh, from what I understand. So, you know, Vegas is going to be a place where there's going to be people coming and going and, you know, had, had this started back up a month ago where the casinos weren't running, I think Vegas would have been the perfect situation to do it, but it just, it, it became untenable, I think, for them. And Edmonton's been a place where uh, they've handled the COVID outbreak fairly well, from what I understand. Uh, they have just enough, um, you know, hotel and restaurant space available i think the 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 play in round it might get be a little cramped there um it sounds like but um they'll you know they'll figure it out i'm sure and then um it actually sounds like edmonton's actually probably going to be the place where the stanley cup finals will take place not toronto so that's interesting um because uh yeah because then you know then the other canadian city that seemed to be um, in the running uh, was Vancouver. Um, if if Toronto wasn't going to be part of the Canadian solution, Vancouver seemed to be. But Vancouver has had um, a same 
uh, similar kind of COVID outbreak um, that some of the U.S. cities have had. So, yeah, and yeah. I believe the government wouldn't, uh, British Columbia wouldn't sign off on some of the right. NHL's requests too, <clears throat> right. probably because of the outbreak. But yeah, yeah, and you know, financially, it actually makes sense uh, to have it uh, uh, t- the to have the tournaments. Uh, take place in in Canada with the Canadian dollar struggling. Um, I think it's like 70 cents to the dollar, to the U.S. dollar right now. So, you know, the the league uh, um, revenue and and transactions all all take place with U.S. currency so they can, you know, kind of take advantage of the exchange rate right now and make their dollar stretch a little more by having it take place in Canada. Yeah, if you read the hotel out for a bunch of players in canada then you pay with u.s money you can rent out the more hotel rooms for less price so it's it's pretty smart yeah and it sounds like you know they're going to bring in you know not only are they going to start controlling uh, you know have restaurants that will be you know running exclusively for the nhl teams but it sounds like they're going to bring in you know additional chefs and stuff to kind of um i don't so i don't know if the chefs will actually work out of the hotels or you know, if, if they'll just take over other places. But, um, you know, it sounds like they're going to try and cater as much to the players as possible to keep them in the bubbles. Give it them almost no... sounds like, as I say, it almost sounds like, you know, at the Olympics, when they have the Olympic right. Village. Olympic Village, yeah. For athletes, yeah. Yep, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously within the Olympic Village, there's inside the bubble, there is a lot of interaction between the athletes during the olympics quite famously um that will not be uh, the case now um I, i'm assuming each team will be isolating um uh, from one another as much as possible i mean i'm sure some guys will still see their friends and stuff like that but um you know hopefully it's a uh, you know a, a hopefully everybody takes it seriously and you know the even if they're not uh, quite as serious about, as some others are about, you know, what the situation is, um, just kind of the, the the peer pressure of, hey, you know, just sacrifice for a little bit to, you know, for a chance at the Stanley Cup, um, you know, then. You know, so hopefully, like I said, they can take it seriously and hopefully the league has a, a good enough guidelines in place to kind of do this safely. Uh, you know, I mean, it would be great. Uh you know, we, we have seen some success in like Korean baseball and Japanese baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so leagues have been able to do it. Um, and, you know, it, it's it, it it's going to be it, if they can pull it off successfully, you know, it is going to help the economies in certain places and the television networks and advertisers. And, you know, I mean, it is good if it can be done safely and so I just, you know, at this point, I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping. Well, I guess if anyone could put on a double hockey tournament, it should be uh, the country of Canada. Yeah. So they're the right guys for the job, I guess, up there. But we'll yeah. See. And I mean, they're talking, you know, assuming everything gets signed off in the next couple of days by the, the Players Association. Um, I think they're still targeting July 10th. Mm-hmm. as the start of training camp and then july 22nd would be the start of play or at least uh so i don't know if july 22nd would be like a couple of like the the training camp games or whatever 
or if that would be the actual start of the the, uh, that's probably, I think, the play-in games would start July 22nd, yeah. and then you'd probably see the actual playoffs start in early August. That would make sense. Um, so I guess, as far as the Blackhawks news, um, no, nobody's opted out yet, which will be something right. you'll have to keep an eye on, because other sports players are opting out, which is, I mean, this is a, like, to just, like, I, I read an article today about uh, Kirby Doc. Mm-hmm. He was talking about you know, that he wants to come back, but there's, you know, stress coming right. back. This is a risk that you're taking. And this is going to, this is a tough call for a lot of these guys. It's not, for us, it's like, well, we're a little detached. So it's like, we'd love to see all these guys play, but this is their health that they're taking in their hands. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I don't expect to see any players publicly saying they're going to hold out from playing until the actual agreement is is made um you know until the players association signs off um on what the actual health and and safety standards are going to be um and then you know we've seen some high profile baseball players opt out but you know the players association in the league is giving them that opportunity we assume that will be part of the agreement uh, between the NHL and the NHLPA, but until that deal is actually signed, uh, you know, there may be more ramifications for um, opting out um, in the NHL. I doubt it. I, I, I think they'll probably take the same tact as baseball has, where you know, hey, if you just if you're in a high risk category or you just uh, you feel you don't feel safe doing it, um, you know, I, I I think they will allow that and. Um, yeah, uh, I, you know, and, and I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe because it is taking place in Canada and they're not seeing quite the same spikes as the U.S. right now, that maybe players will feel a little safer doing it there than they would mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just like everything right now. It's there, there's no guarantees with anything. And, um, you know, it's it's a it's really a day by day situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if some players report to training camp. You know, it might be the sort of thing where, you know, they get into it for a week and, you know, they get an up close and uh, personal view of how the, the, the safety standards are being implemented, let alone, you know, what the plans are for them. Um, but they may feel unsafe once they get there and just opt out then. We just we don't know. Exactly. And I will say one thing that I think you'll enjoy about this article, um, Kirby Doc said that these has access because his parents are both athletes. I was I can't remember what they. I think his mother was like a sprinter or something. But um, they have um, they have gym, full gym in his house, and he's been working out this whole time. And he said it's like he's had a second off season to get stronger, and he's stronger and put on That's some good. muscle. And he said he's ready to go that way. It's just he's a little nervous about the thing. But so we might be seeing kind of second year Kirby Doc. And still the same first year. Yeah, I mean, it, it could actually be interesting for a number of the the younger players, in particular the rookies uh, that the Blackhawks have. I mean, not just Kirby Doc, but even somebody like Dominic Kubalik, who's a little older, but you know, he's a guy coming over from the European leagues where they just don't play the same number of games, and it's always an adjustment 
um, you know, to, to playing an 82-game NHL schedule and then having the playoffs after that. It's a real grind, and, you know, a lot of players just aren't used to it. And, you know, in particular, you know, an 18-, 19-year-old like Kirby Doc, um, you know, you'll see them uh, kind of get ground down over the course of the season. They generally lose weight. And so, yeah, I mean, maybe this time away where they've been able to, you know, kind of focus more on their their diet and their uh, taking care of themselves a little bit and not have the the stress and the the the, the travel and the grind. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's a, if he has come back with a few extra pounds of muscle and is in good shape, it it it, it you could see those younger guys actually their legs might come back quicker than some of the veterans and you might see those guys be able to have a, a, a big impact. Yeah. It's something to think about too, just, and not just for the Blackhawks, for the whole league. It is an interesting dynamic that's going to play out where a lot of people that were, you know, injured or had minor injuries or stuff that they're probably healed up for, in, right. for a lot of teams. So this will be a completely, it really is more like a new season even though it's still technically the same. Season. Yeah, but I think you're also going to see, you know, there there is going to, you know, with the layoff and they're going to be ramping back up, not everybody's going to have stayed in the quite the same shape and even the guys who have been working out, you know, you're not you're not working out at playoff intensity. intensity. <laughs> so, you know, you get into these training camps and it's just like, you know, the normal training camp, you know, would be in September or baseball spring training is and you know and you tend to see more injuries early and so you know we're going to have this three-week training and the blackhawks are going into it are probably more healthy than they have been all year but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be three weeks later when the play-in actually starts you you, you could see some soft tissue injuries mm-hmm. that stuff tends to happen as you're kind of ramping up the intensity, you know, you're going to get some pulled groins, um, sore backs, that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, you know, see, you obviously, know it's all things that I was going to say too, I'm trying to remember back to like 2013 when they had the lockout, but I can't remember exactly because, well, not exactly the same. It was a similar, similar situation, but. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, an interruption in the middle of a season. It true. you know, they, they, they were off the, you know, basically the first half of the year, and they started. I want to say it was, wasn't it like late December or early January? Like I think that, is yes. when they, the season just started, and they they were able to play uninterrupted through. So, uh, you know, slightly different scenario, but the, you know, there there's some parallels that can probably be um, looked at there, and um, you know, I, I I certainly don't have any specifics on it, but my assumption would be that there were probably, you know, a decent amount of injuries at the beginning of that year. Um, you know, maybe, you know, obviously serious injuries can happen at any time, but like I said, kind of those soft tissue, the nagging stuff, um, which actually don't get reported that often in hockey. Um, they just, that, that stuff doesn't tend to make it onto like injury reports. Players usually just play through that kind of stuff. It seems like more often. And this will um, be odd too, because, um, this will be going basically in the playoff mode when right. information about injuries is even more restricted by teams. Well, and they're going to, you know, and obviously it's not like, uh, you know, the ramp up 
in like a normal training camp or even in the in the lockout shortened year where it was, you know, they still played a half of a season that was still going into a training camp, then going into a early, you know, into a regular season mode. And then, you know, they, they had a chance to ramp up going into the playoffs. Even then in this, you're going from training camp straight into playoffs, basically. So there's no, you know, you don't, you don't have much time to kind of like get a regular season intensity going and then build up to the playoffs. It's, training to a couple of exhibition games to you're in the playoffs. So that's going to be really weird. And I I don't think we can predict how any team is going to perform under that scenario. I I think you're going to see some upsets. Um, I think you're going to see some of the good teams just completely dominate bad teams. But, you know, I just, I think it can be really wild and crazy. And I, I don't think any outcome should be considered um, impossible, basically. And they might be some very sloppy games, too. Right. Yes, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's, you know, you could see some ugly regular season hockey style being played in do or die playoff games, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's, it's. It's unprecedented and, uh, you know, assuming they can do it safely, I'm. I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's one of those things too. With like, we've been seeing with the baseball, which is a slightly ahead because they're into the, they're literally ramping up the training camps right now, right. so they're about a week ahead of, and you're the all these problems are coming up that you're thinking about, like, you know, putting guys on the injured list for coronavirus. What do you say about that? Do you just say yeah. unspecified reasons? And there's just all this stuff that's going to bubble up that. We're not even thinking about now. It's going to be unexpected stuff, so it's yep. going to be weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, anytime a player misses a playoff game or whatever, there's always a little bit of speculation as to what the actual cause is or, you know, is the injury report, you know, at best you generally get it to be vague and <laughs> in a lot of cases that can even be misleading and sometimes just non-existent. I mean, they'll just, you know, sometimes they'll just scratch somebody, but there actually is an injury. And then there's other guys that never miss a game, but we find out after the season's over that, oh, you know, this player was playing with a broken sternum and this player was playing with a broken collarbone. This player had a broken foot. Um, And, you know, they never show up on an injury report. So, yeah, my assumption would be that the COVID cases will be made public um, but again, that's uh, until the, the agreement is signed with the players association. Um, you know, we're just, we're not going to know. Yep. All right. So, and our final thing is, cause why don't we just turn up the chaos meter even more? <laughs> One of the play in teams is going to get the first pick in the draft. They won the draft yes. lottery. What, yes. What are the odds? Uh, the odds were about 25%. <laughs> so it's not a completely unexpected outcome. Um, it uh, <clears throat> the collective odds of all of the play-in teams were about the same percentage as Detroit. Um, I think Detroit had like a twenty-five point five percent, and I think the eight play-in teams had collectively like a it was like twenty-four and a half or just under twenty-five percent. So. Um, 
you know, uh, shouldn't shouldn't be a total shocker, but it's definitely. I don't think it affects the planning of any of the players or the teams, but it's definitely going to have the fan bases in an uproar, and the, you're going to have some fan bases rooting against their teams. Um, as crazy as that is, um, it's definitely going to occur. Um, and you know, I don't think that that would have necessarily been the case had, you know, it been the second pick or the third pick, but the the fact that you have a chance to 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 grab uh, Alexis Lafreniere, um, you know, he's he's not quite, uh, um, you know, he's not a McDavid or a, a Crosby type generational talent, um, but you're 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 probably looking more maybe at like a Patrick Kane, John Tavares level type mm-hmm. player um, where. He's expected to be a, a, a cornerstone cornerstone player. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be like a Nico Hirscher, um as a number one overall pick. Um, you know, this is this is going to be more a guy that um, you know is going to be a, a no doubt first line player, probably a point per game player, and yeah, just uh, it's going to be a nice uh, consolation prize for whoever. Um, ends up getting that pick yeah and i should i should add it's an unweighted lottery every team's odds are the same yep and there's so it's 12.5 percent if i'm doing the math in my head correct one out of eight chance so i mean it's like what you would get if you were the third or fourth worst worst record i can't it's about the same odds you get so yeah but i don't as you hmm. were saying i don't think anyone's going to tank a chance to make the playoffs no, maybe I'm wrong, well, but I don't think so. Well, I I think just the fact that these play in this play in round is essentially the playoffs. Uh, you're certainly not going to get any players buying into you know we're not going to play hard to you know they're not going to not try to win, and I don't think you'll see any NHL teams not put out their best lineup. You know that that was the sort of thing that was happening at the end of regular seasons uh, uh, a few years ago, prior to um, them changing the lottery odds. Um, when uh, you had the Austin Matthews draft um, and the McDavid draft, um, where 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 teams were literally putting in their third string goalies to start games and um, you know just and sitting some players. That 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 stuff's not going to happen in the play-in round. So you're going to be, have your best players in there, and all of those players are going to be trying. So, yeah, you uh, just think, like, if nothing else, the fans of whatever team did that would just get crushed by their fan. The GMs would get crushed by their fan bases. Yeah. And well, and, you know, the other thing, too, that always played badly with, you know, those teams that were trying to tank is, you know, there. I, I, I want to say it was – it was the Austin Matthews year. Cause yeah, I think it was a, a late season game between um, I think it was Arizona and Buffalo mm-hmm. where I think it took place in Buffalo and both teams were clearly trying to lose. They both wanted to get um, Matthews um, and the first overall pick and uh, the Buffalo fans were actively rooting against their team in their mm-hmm. home stadium and you know that was obviously a very bad optics for the league 
and you know there's but even in that scenario you, you, we're, we're not going to see anything like that because there's going to be no fans in the stands so yes. <laughs> well, you're not gonna you're not gonna have teams booing their their home crowd for playing well yeah and the poor sabers were trained yeah. very hard back then every year and they just could not win the lottery to save their lives Right. I mean, they did end up with Eichel that year. So it, it, mm-hmm. there's certainly uh, some years where it doesn't hurt quite as bad to end up with the second pick. And it, this is actually a year where, um, you know, there is a, a, a consensus number one, but there's another five, six, seven players after that that are still expected to be kind of top six players. And a lot of them, um, you know, there's a good hope that they're top line players. So. I think it'll be more uh, a, a situation like that where you have you still have first line talent available for those teams that that didn't end up with the first pick. But yeah, um, so I mean, in the case of the Blackhawks, if they lose in the play-in, they're either going to pick first, um, or they'll very likely pick tenth. Um, there's only one other. Uh, they, I guess they could pick tenth or eleventh. Basically, you're gonna have you either win the lottery and pick first, um, or they lose the lottery and some team behind them. Montreal, I would think. Uh, well, Montreal's ahead of them. Okay. So. They might be if think... if Montreal won it, the Blackhawks lottery position wouldn't change. They would draft ninth in that case because they okay. have the ninth worst record. So they would actually stay right where they were. You know what? what Do they, they have the worst record of any of the other Montreal teams in the play-in? No, Montreal. I believe Montreal had the worst, and the Blackhawks were the second worst. If okay. if my memory serves me right, they were That's both very close. Yeah. So, so if Montreal would win, the Blackhawks would stay at nine. If any other team wins the lottery, the Blackhawks would drop down to tenth. Okay. Or and then the other uh, the other thing would be if the Blackhawks manage to beat the Oilers, <laughs> then yeah. they're not going to be they're going to fall outside of the top fifteen. So because um, they would be in the playoffs at that point. So um, it's yeah, there's still a lot of variances to where the Blackhawks will actually end up picking. That that can't be. Can't be good for the scouts right now because they got they got to keep yeah. the entire first round in mind right now. That's yeah. Scout for the first pick, the ninth pick, and late pick, first and rounder, like, yeah. like the eighteenth pick, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess the other piece that kind of goes along with the hub cities is um, in our previous conversations we had kind of talked about um, when Vegas was the um, front runner that they were going to try to actually have. Vegas be for the Eastern Conference. Um, now that it seems like there's going to be guaranteed for no fans, uh, the league has just gone ahead and said the Western Conference is going to be playing in Edmonton. The Eastern Conference is going to be playing in Toronto. Um, you know, there's obviously a little less travel involved for those organizations in that regard. And then it probably works out better for time zones for, for home viewing. Yeah, it was kind of silly with, I mean, obviously they were, maybe they were thinking, there would be small fan. Right. I think, I think they were probably holding out that hope and, you know, they didn't want to give uh, Vegas in particular um, and Toronto, I guess both of them were um, scheduled to be in the playoffs. They, they didn't want to give them 
you know, any perceived advantages. But, um, yeah, at, at this point, I mean, with no fans, it's going to kind of be a similar situation for everybody. And so I, I don't think the I don't think Hawks fans should really need to worry or, or um, you know, look look too hard at the fact that, you know, they're they're. Uh, play an opponent will be playing technically at home, but they're not going to have the support of home crowds. So, yep. So I guess that's pretty much all we've got for this week. Yeah. Uh, we we should expect a final agreement in the next day or two or three. That's yeah. I don't know if the uh, holiday with you know yeah. with Canada's holiday yesterday and then the the you know Fourth of July this weekend. My guess is if we don't get if we don't hear anything tomorrow, we probably won't hear anything until Monday because I, I doubt they'd be working on it over the week over a holiday but, weekend. But we should get it before the the tenth if that's yes, still there. Yeah, yeah. Plan. Well, and I would think if we don't get it by Monday or Tuesday, they might not actually be able to hit the date of the tenth. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think the motivation is there where it's like, hey, if we don't hit this date, you know, then. You know, you're really pushing off even further, and it, uh, I, I don't think that's in anybody's um, interest right now. Is if they're going to go ahead and do this, they want to start doing it sooner rather than later. Yeah, if we judge by baseball, that wrapped up relatively quickly. So once they decided to get to it, yeah, the health and safety version. So yeah, we'll be back next week, and I guess we should give our Twitter handles. Michael? MJ underscore Ernst. Um, STH85. And yeah, we'll, we'll be back when next week and we should have a little bit more news to talk about. And we'll see if we're still moving towards the season, which we are as of now. And yeah, I hope everyone has a good holiday weekend and stay safe and uh, go Hawks. Go Hawks.